Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour. This is a wonderful time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we're going to be looking at some insights and practices from the ancient systems of Kriya Yoga and its sister science, Ayurveda, and um, look at how we can apply these time-tested practices and insights for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in our lives today. Yoga is a very familiar word today, but many associate it only with exercise or stretching, but it really is an ancient philosophy of spiritual realization and holistic living. The word means oneness, uh, union or unity, and it refers to our ability to bring our attention and our awareness to consciously abide in our essential nature. Uh, to be restored to our original wholeness, to know the truth of what we are as spiritual beings, and then to live in harmony with it. And of course, when we live in harmony with the truth of what we are, our uh, ability to be compassionate is right there in the forefront. And that's our topic today, expanding the circle of caring, compassion, in yoga and Ayurveda. And we're joined, we are blessed today to be joined by Acharya Shunya Pratichi Mathur for a conversation about how these two sciences, yoga and Ayurveda, support us in um, developing this quality of compassion. Uh, Acharya Shunya Pratichi Mathur is a tradition-based, classically trained scholar, healer, and teacher of Ayurveda 
and the Vedic Sciences. She's the founder of Vedica Global, which is a California-based nonprofit Vedic foundation that supports an awarded International School of Ayurveda and Vedic Studies. Um, they sponsor community welfare initiatives and deliver charitable wellness through global projects. She is also the current president of the California Association of Ayurvedic Medicine, CAAM. Acharya Shunyaji is advisor to internationally known um, Mind Body Soul magazine, Tatastu magazine, Yoga Bharti, and a host of other like-minded organizations that support the Vedic sciences. Acharya Shunyaji's work has been featured in the San Francisco Chronicle, Yoga Journal, and Tatastu magazine. She teaches year-round to medical students and lectures in classrooms, conferences, and seminars worldwide. And her website is vedicaglobal.org, V-E-D-I-K-A global.org. Good morning, Shunyaji. I'm so delighted that you're back with us on the Yoga Hour this morning. Good morning, Yogacharya. It is my privilege and joy to be in dialogue with you this auspicious morning. And before we begin, let's just take a moment um, with our listeners to connect, to remember, to breathe. Shunyaji mentioned this auspicious day and really any day that we are awake is an auspicious day. Any day is an opportunity for becoming more aware, more awake, more compassionate, more loving, more radiant. And this all has to do with letting that light within us shine into the body and the mind. So let's open our hearts and our minds to that inner light, to that divine reality that is present around us and also within us. That reality called by many names that is the support and the substance of all that is. We can connect with this higher truth of our being simply by using our breath as a vehicle to dive within, to release our consciousness from being confined to thought or sensation. So simply breathe in and be aware of your breath and feel that you are diving within into the infinite ocean of divinity that is within you. And as you breathe out, relax and let go. How beautiful. How joyful, how wonderful to be aware, to be awake. As we touch that stillness within us, we become aware of how thoughts and feelings arise and pass away. And that within us there is always that core of peace. 
And we invite that peace now to fill our hearts, to fill our minds, and to emanate through us, to shine through us, and overflow as a blessing for all beings everywhere. As we dive into our topic this morning about expanding the circle of caring, compassion in yoga and Ayurveda, I was thinking this morning about um, Paramahansa Yogananda uh, Guru Sri Yukteswar who said, Self-realization is not selfish realization. (laughs) And so the more awake we become, of course, um, the more that circle of caring um, expands. Um, So let's just begin with looking at what uh, compassion is. Um, My Guruji Roy Eugene Davis has defined compassion as selfless concern for the well-being of others or for other forms of life with a willingness to provide assistance or support and help to ease or remove pain, discomfort, or other limiting conditions. So, um, Shuniji, I know your work is filled with compassion <laughs> in, in terms of what you do. But let's uh, begin our conversation with how you see it. How would you define compassion? Thank you, Omachi. Thank you for beginning with such beautiful words from your guru, because really uh, any relevant conversation can begin with some teaching from our guru. Um, to me, uh, Omaji, when the heart melts and it leaps forward to come to the assistance of another, through an experience of total and complete empathy, then this is compassion. And when the state of empathetic experiential oneness um, is achieved and one responds to another's pain and suffering via seva, as your guru mentioned, through selfless assistance, then by doing so, one has attained the highest goal of spiritual life, almost so to say. Um, Omaji, you know, all kinds of emotions grip our consciousness all day. But when compassion, which is the purest emotion of all, flows through us, then this indicates the spiritual nature of our own consciousness. In fact, um, if I may um, chant one small verse, uh, it is from uh, um, Chanakya Niti, which says that yasya chittam dravibhutam kripaya sarva jantushu tasyagnane na mokshena kim jata bhasmai lepanai. It beautifully and ironically says that one who is experiencing consciousness where is the need for them to uh, attire bhasmas and ashes around themselves and grow gridlocks and even study the scriptures because they have already achieved the goal of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, beautiful. It's really beautiful. And, um, you know, when I began, when I came to the path of yoga, um, you know, I had 
um, suffering, you know, in my heart and my mind. And it wasn't so much, you know, in my outer life, but, you know, I was at that place of, of needing to wake up, you know, to become self-aware and uh, self-contained and, and learn about the resources uh, within me because I discovered nothing, you know, outside of me could fill me, you know, could could um, ease that that sense of, you know, discontent. Um, but I, I thought, you know, um, that yoga would, would remove me from the suffering of the world. <laughs> like I could just go into my own little bubble and leave it all behind. Um, but, you know, what I discovered was, you know, initially that was true that, you know, I, I learned how to discover what was within me. But then, you know, what I discovered was that yoga threw me right back into the world <laughs> because the more I went inside, um, the more I became, you know, connected to everyone and everything. And so I found that this, this path of, you know, Vedic knowledge through yoga and Ayurveda doesn't separate us. Um, and of course, this isn't news to you, but it was new to me as a new student. It was a revelation. Um, and so luckily, yoga and Arveda also give us tools for how to live, you know, in the world um, in, a, in a balanced and compassionate way. So tell us about, you know, how Arveda um sees compassion and how it can support us you know once we realize that we're connected to everyone and everything how do we live that way well first i just want to comment that uh, truly a student becomes a teacher when when they've had their bliss and now they are just becoming sources of that to the society thank god for that experience that you went through because because of that we have a teacher like you amidst us mm. I just want to say that when Ayurveda, it's amazing that the genesis of Ayurveda itself seems to come from a seed of compassion because it was from a great uh, space of compassion and sympathy and experience of empathy for all suffering beings, not just humans, but all creatures, that the Maharishis thousands of years ago let go of their own selfish, spiritual, um, you know, acts, selfish in quotes and quotes. Rishis can never be selfish, but they were only related to their personal selves, their personal mm-hmm. evolution. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they put that aside to sit near the Himalayas and the foothills and actually have a meeting about what can be done. And uh, the Charak Samhita, which is one of the classic scriptures, actually begins with saying that uh, these rogas, these diseases of mind, body were and soul were just escalating in Kali Yuga. And uh, they were interfering in tapas, penance, upavasa, fasting from anger, etc., adhyayan, study of scriptures, brahmacharya, celibacy, vrata, austerity, and ayusha, the lifespan. So they said something must be done, and then they created an assembly of sages that approached the gods Indra to teach them Ayurveda. And so the Charak Samhita says, Vignabhuta Yada Rogaha, Pradurbhuta Sharirinam, Tapopuasa Dhyan, Brahmacharya Vratayusham, Tadabhuteshvanu Krosham, Puruskritaya Mahanshaya. 
ஆயுர்வேதம் uh not for you know um trademarking <laughs> mm-hmm. but only and only for the benefit of all and not just human beings but uh pashuveda for animals vikshaveda for plants hastiveda for elephants ashaveda for horses so all this uh was created and there are many medical sciences but perhaps ayurveda being a vedic science was the one and only science along with the sister science yoga that was purely an act of compassion and grace and daya kindness and it seems that you know one of the ways that 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 continues to permeate um yoga and arvid is the understanding that you know what we do um to help ourselves um cannot hurt others in the process including other forms of life um and so you know in ayurveda there's a great emphasis on um natural remedies you know understanding food uh and uh, you know uh, as a source of uh, health and well-being and you know not just for humans but you know how it's seen in the whole global perspective um that seems to me to be a key element in how ayurveda is a system of compassion because it it takes into consideration the whole do you, do you think that's accurate um shunya ji yes i feel joyful when you say when you declare ayurveda as a system of compassion and connected to self care and uh, and self care as well as care for all beings mm-hmm. and definitely uma ji i agree with you mm. yeah and there's a, and it's rooted in that principle that it really isn't um possible for us to thrive at the expense of other creatures <laughs> yeah because it, there's that philosophy that we are that we are all um connected and of course this comes from the understanding and the practice of ahimsa which we um do you know translate as nonviolence or non-harming but um you know it it's important to understand ahimsa you know not just as what we don't do mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know no no killing or harming um but but to understand its fulfillment as compassion or as love as a positive um injunction and and so you know we look at how ahimsa guides um the way that we live and uh and helps us then um really develop our compassion i i think in the culture that we live in you know in the west and and and, and perhaps worldwide um it's really a time when we need to teach about compassion we need to educate about it we need to bring forth the skills um so 
how does Ayurveda teach compassion? Um, how does it view the, uh, that way that arise, that compassion arises? Yes, um, being a medical science, it does have to take ahimsa beyond a very, uh, you know, one-line definition of non-killing. It definitely has to, as you mentioned, come into its fullness as compassion and compassion in action. And uh, um, therefore, uh, there are three important uh, uh, relationships that are um, that are intrinsic to Ayurveda. The first is the relationship between the knowledge itself, the vidya and its purpose, and that is fulfilling health of all beings and all universe. So therefore, that is arogyam, and arogyam itself is compassion. The second is a relationship between the teacher and the students. And clearly, our texts say that how Rishi Punarvasu taught to his six illustrious who taught it to the rest of us, out of metripara, friendship to humanity, and sarvabhutanu kampaya, out of sympathy and empathy and compassion for all creatures. The third cardinal relationship in Ayurveda Umaji is between the patient and the doctor, or the doctor and the patient. And this, again, is based upon maitri, uh, unconditional friendship, and karunya, an experience of deep compassion, sympathy, mm. and empathy. Mm. So throughout, in these three cardinal relationships, we see compassion in Ayurveda. That is so beautiful, and it and it brings us to uh, a deeper place of looking at you know not only what do we do, but what is the motive behind it. So when we come back from the break, um, we're going to talk about cultivating and maintaining mental well-being and how important this is to living a compassionate life. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest Acharya Shunya Pratichi Matur from Vedika Global, VedikaGlobal.org. We'll be right back with you. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. This world as it is. 
The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Acharya Shunya Pratichi Matur, founder and um, guru, principal teacher, Acharya of Vedika Global, and she's also the current president of the California Association of Ayurvedic Medicine, that's C-A-A-M. Uh, we've been talking about compassion and how it's viewed in yoga and Ayurveda and how um, it is really the source of those paths of knowledge and awakening, you know, that all may awaken, that all may be free and, uh, live free of pain and suffering. And, um, you know, I have been kind of studying and practicing inquiry into compassion for some time. It interests me a lot. Um, and I, you know, I wonder how does it arise? You know, how can we bring more of it into our world? And of course, one of the things I have discovered, um, is that you know, people naturally want to be compassionate. I mean, certainly I want to always be compassionate, but I'm not always. <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, I'm appalled at, you know, how, um, uh, you know, how it's difficult, you know, to bring forth caring. And so, you know, Arvita gives us some really good insights about that, about, um, what it takes you know, for us to let that inner light shine forth and how the mind is a key um, to the expression of that innate compassion and how the mind then, of course, is influenced by nature, by what we call the gunas, the three qualities. So, Shunya, tell us about, you know, why sometimes we can be easily compassionate and other times we just feel stuck. Well, we feel stuck because we are human and we, we are yoginis because we are always looking at that stuckedness and it's, and in that looking, we become unstuck. So it's really beautiful what you mentioned. And, uh, uh, I think Ayurveda has two teachings that can help us, that help me in my own life. One is this prescription of compassion towards your own self, which begins with self care practices. And it's really 24-hour cycle. So at every various points of the day, we are asked to touch ourselves, to embalm ourselves with oils or herbs 
or drink potions. And it may, it may feel like a little bit of a self-absorption, but it is the kind of self-absorption that's really purifying us and resting our being and making us feel worthy of that compassion because we are weary and tired. And once we are at peace, the physical being is at peace. The mind too can now um, really learn from the mind-based teachings of yoga and Ayurveda. So I love that part, uh, Umaji. And uh-huh. frankly, when I've spent time with myself, uh, with my uh, physicalness, my body, it has allowed this body to become a better vehicle of service, uh-huh. so to say. I know, and I see that, um, you know, when we have an opportunity, of course, to be on retreat and, um, you know, we're out in nature and we're meditating and we're having, you know, sattvic food, um, so lovingly prepared and consciously taken in and, you know, so on and so forth so that, you know, the mind, um, becomes illumined and, and then the heart can naturally uh, expand and um, I love the way um, that you teach Ayurveda and that you offer so many um, practical but very deep ways that people can enter this space of self-care and um, you know we're caring for the small self but we are doing that to allow the greater self uh, to expand and to express through us. And, and so you mentioned even just rituals throughout the day that help us get back in touch with that higher self, which is, um, the source of compassion, uh, within us. Could you say a little bit more about, um, just a, an Ayurvedic day, you know, to, to help us stay balanced so that we can, um, readily express compassion and not be caught up in our dramas, you know, in the mind. I thought I'll bring in some humor here. And because you as an Acharya will connect with what I'm saying, that all day we use our speech to either illumine minds or to uplift the minds that are hurting themselves, right? Mm-hmm. To, and so we are using our speech all day. And it's... Uh, it's interesting that when in the mornings I'm gargling with oil, it's a ritual called gandush, warm oil, and I'm gargling with it. I'm actually resting my throat and speech organ. And uh, after that, my voice becomes really deep and quiet. And at that time, I feel like, yes, may my faculty of speech be so nourished that when next time I use it, it once again, as you said, open hearts and illumine minds. You know, mm-hmm. then we use our hands nowadays. Uh, the modern day acharyas have to communicate a lot by emails, as you know. We get hundreds of emails on a daily basis, and each person requires, you know, some love, some attention, some guidance. So even if we send a few lines to everyone, our hands can get tired. So when I soak my entire hand in warm oil, a dish of warm oil, or I massage it in Abhyanga, with oils made of sandalwood and milk and other, and urad dal and these really rich oils. Uh, it's really, I mean, I, even as I massage it, I thank my fingers and my hands for being able to do what they do because then when you get the thank yous and the sighs of relief, then you know that you've been at work. Mm-hmm. So morning, you know, for example, when I get up and uh, pray to the sun or offer it water, 
in the morning and chant the Gayatri Mantra. My one and only prayer is, please make me a healthy, happy, and compassionate instrument of seva. So pretty much you know how it goes. We take care of ourselves, and then um, with no thought of the self, we become employed in the world, um, Mm. serving people through knowledge. So that's just how it goes, these self-care rituals. And it's beautiful that these these rituals, of course, it is not just um, in their um, health-promoting properties in in many of the uh, Ayurvedic um, uh, uh, remedies that are used in ritual. You know, whether it's an uh, an oil or a tea or a tincture. You mm-hmm. know, but. Beyond that, it is the intention uh, in the mind, you know, for why this is being done, you know, and as you describe these beautiful rituals, um, you know, it is not just, uh, you know, massaging the hands or lighting a candle, but it is that connection, you know, between consciousness, mind, and body that is fostered um, through these uh, devotional uh, rituals. And, um, you know, Vedika Global is, is so rich in helping people be present. You know, I, I've been to your events there uh, at your center. And, you know, generally you are feeding people (laughs) this wonderful food and you have, um, you know, inviting the senses uh, to be purified and uplifted and and I think that's the distinction you know when we when we are disconnected from ourselves when we're too stressed when the mind is overcome uh, with worry uh, and stress then it's difficult to be compassionate because we're not connected to ourselves so these beautiful rituals um, that you have and uh, you know I see as ways of helping people purify the senses um, and then reconnect to themselves. Um, would you would you say that is a good way to think of it? Yes, you evoked beautiful images, and as I was listening to you intently, I just wanted to say exactly that in this all, I too am an intrinsic part of it, and uh, we all have to bathe in this compassion, which is the which is the truth, which is the universal truth, and there is no sense of depriving ourselves and being stark and miserable and then doing selfless service, it almost sounds like a idealistic or some form of punishment to be mm-hmm. spiritual. <laughs> but that is never something yoga or Ayurveda talked about. Mm-hmm. And really yoga is balance and finding that dynamic balance is is so uh, important you know i um you know i find in my own community of course as i said and i was describing my own journey often when people come they come you know with that first um <laughs> the first friend who brings us to the path is the one called suffering <laughs> And so usually people come and they are really just filling themselves up. You know, they're learning, um, they're, they're, they're meditating, they're practicing sadhana. Um, and this is as it should be. And the community, you know, is that place where the healing can occur. But if that is only what goes on in a community, then that community, I think, um, becomes too narcissistic, you know, which is, 
I think the shadow side of yoga and and Ayurveda, you know, if people use it only for a quote-unquote self-improvement mm-hmm. and, you know, not self-knowledge and self-realization, which will then lead to um, reaching out in compassion um, to others. And, and so... Uh, I know that your work has naturally done that in your community. You have free clinics. You have ways in which, you know, those who have now accessed this wealth of compassion within um, can can begin to share it. Absolutely. And um, Umaji, if I may share with you a childhood story that, as you were speaking, came up, that uh, when I was seven or eight, uh, I was learning pranayam from my teacher, on the banks of River Sarayu in India. And uh, he said some things to me that I didn't understand because they were words that a little child cannot understand. But suffice to say, when I would go home, I felt like because I could deep breathe, like have this buffet of prana, you know, uh, the, the, the roses were blooming better. Our mother was looking less tired. Or my doll looked happier. So I asked <laughs> my teacher, Baba, I said, can my pranayam do this to the world? And he said, yes, mm. so it shall be. That mm. when you breathe deep, the whole world becomes better. Mm. Mm. So that is so beautiful. Exactly. And, and you know that practice of pranayam, practice of meditation, you know, helps us remove the barriers, you know, in, in our relationships. and. Um, you know, to feel more deeply uh, connected to others. Um, tell us how Arvida helps us um, find this dynamic balance. So, you know, we're not too much um, indrawn and we are not too much, you know, in the world. I mean, there, you know, I mentioned the shadow side of yoga and Ayurveda as, you know, being too self, self-concerned, mm-hmm. small self-concerned. Um, but the other end of out of balance is, you know, somehow thinking that you're going to save the world. And, uh, you know, that's your job. And, you know, you deplete all of your prana, all of your resources, um, you know, by out there thinking you're going to fix other people. So how does Arvita help um, to cultivate the right balance of self-care and care for others' participation in seva? I think... Uh that becomes really clear from just some of the teachings that we get from Ayurveda, where um, it begins with teachings on self-care, but then it ends with teachings on the care for others. And it uh, emphasizes the oneness that we share with um, the whole universe and that we are not different. So therefore, these both aspects of the self, as you beautifully described, have been enumerated. And we are supposed to begin with a small self, in quotes, if I may say so. But we are supposed to take the small self, well-cared, well-nourished, well-loved, and given lots of attention, good food and rest, then towards the service and uh, um, care of all. And the value of seva, the value of selfless seva, the value of satsang, so that we we eat good knowledge as food 
and then utilize it as seva in the world is imbued in the Ayurvedic texts. And sadly, the more modern avatar of Ayurveda, the more commonly available avatar, as we will find on the internet, etc., is 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 all set to reduce Ayurveda to some kind of a pharmacopoeia mm. or, uh, you know, something very, you know, physical only. Well, here's an alternative system of medicine. But Ayurveda is a sister science of yoga. It was the medicine of the rishis, no less. And so how can it not be imbued with, uh, you know, uh, yoga and Vedant? And so um, Charak, one of our ancient rishis, says, you know, sarva bhava sabhava gnyo yaya bhavati nihispraha yogam yaya sadhyate sankhya sampadhyate yaya. So he says that by knowing the true nature of all beings, one becomes free from all illusions. Yoga mm. is accomplished and sankhya is attained. This mm. is an Ayurvedic verse. Mm. <laughs> it reads it's, like Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> it really does. It really does. It's a beautiful verse. Would you repeat the translation of that for us again? By knowing the true nature of all beings, one becomes free from all desires and all illusions. And yoga is accomplished thus, and Samkhya is attained. Mm. That is a wonderful, wonderful verse. And, and so our study on the path, um, our, our, our self-inquiry, our, our study of the scriptures, the study with our gurus, um, our practice of um, meditation and examination of the nature of mind and body, you know, all of this is um, considered really quite practical in terms of cultivating a balanced life and becoming um, more compassionate beings. And I think that that balance, you know, we've been talking about and how we find that balance um, is really rooted in this right knowledge that you have um, so beautifully pointed us to, Shunyuji, that, you know, we understand that that we are the divine self, serving the divine self in all. And so we don't get confused that somehow... Um, you know, it is all up to us. You know, we are just here to, um, play our part to make the offerings, um, that, that we make. But, um, I think the understanding that it is the divine self, um, serving the self of all, uh, removes us from that a tendency to get too out of balance and thinking, you know, from an ego perspective that, you know, it's all up to us. I, I totally agree, and uh, and again, you know, we can also resort to karma yoga um, teachings here, and continue to um, believe that we are instruments of the divine, mm-hmm. as you said, and that yeah. will also take away the pressure from us. <laughs> yes, it really does, and helps us have that balance. When we get back from the break, we'll continue this wonderful conversation about compassion, and, and we'll look at um, the role that meditation plays in it. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Acharya Shunya Pratichi Matur from Vedika Global, and a um, very rich uh, website with many offerings and teachings there is Vedika, V-E-D-I-K-A, Global. We'll be right back with you.
In jest, there is truth. Shakespeare made the line famous. And at Holy Rascals, we've taken it to heart. Join us at HolyRascals.com, a spiritual education resource and community of spiritual boundary crossers who are on a truth-seeking journey that doesn't shy away from humor and frank conversations. HolyRascals.com offers cutting-edge webinars, short online videos, and podcasts. Our featured teachers are inclusive, radical, and often funny people who embrace the common heart of all religions. Find us on Facebook or check out our upcoming programs at www.holyrascals.com. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you sing. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org, and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour with special guest Acharya Shunya Pratichi Matur from Vedika Global, and their website is Vedika, B-E-D-I-K-A, global.org. Shunyaji will be joining me at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment um, on Saturday, October 25th. This is uh, 2014. If you're listening to Archive, she'll be joining me um, uh, at October 25th for a program called Sit in the Heart of the World, and it is the 2014 Meditation Sit-a-thon um, launch. And we're going to be having a dialogue about compassion if you're interested in participating in this 21-day program um, to uh, meditate every day for 21 days and to cultivate compassion, you can go to csecenter.org to find out more about that program and uh, join us on site or online for that uh, conversation, which is sort of a continuation of the conversation we're having today. Um, you know, we, we have this program uh, every year, um, cultivating, you know, compassion through 21 days of steady practice of meditation. Um, Shunyaji, how does Arveda view um, the practice of meditation? And you know, we see many ways that Arveda and yoga, you know, meet. And I think meditation is one of those meeting places. So tell us how uh, Arveda uh, views meditation um, and its significance. In the Ayurvedic system, uh, Omaji, it is very important to uh, begin to know your higher self. The deeper self has been um, um, has been put forth that as Chetana, our consciousness, 
And therefore, meditation is the way to sit with ourselves and have Atma Bodha, have knowledge of your own self. And the day-to-day uh, self-care includes meditation for a few minutes and um, uh, frequent check-ins with the self. So even a minute or two of meditation is great. And we teach it to all our Ayurvedic students as well as patients in our free clinics. And um, everybody continues to benefit from it. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting because, of course, Arvida is a holistic program that helps us to have, you know, healthy body, healthy mind, and is based on this connection um, to the self. So, um, you know, in yoga teaches that meditation is probably the best tool that we have for the direct experience of the self, you know, coming to know directly, you know, not just... Um, uh, through uh, information, um, you know, through the mind knowledge about the self, but to actually have the direct experience of being the conscious witness, you know, to the body and mind, you know, to be able to abide in the self. And it seems to me that that's such a critical um, skill, um, for living in the world compassionately because it shows us that we are not our thoughts, we are not our emotions. Um, they are expressing through us, but because we can witness them, then we can make uh, choices about them. Yes, we can only talk so much about well-being and compassion and health, but unless we really like just sit down with our own self in this uh, in this revealed peace from within, uh, it doesn't even begin. And mm-hmm. I think the difference between a seeker and the one who has already found is just the, the, the person who says, I found something inside me is the one who's meditating. So it's just the practical of everything that we learn. It, mm-hmm. it all comes down to meditation. And when we can do this as a community, when we can do this with our teachers, when we can do this, with intention and mindfulness, it's it's perhaps something we have uh, done. I don't know, as Hindus would say, millions of good karma mm-hmm. to come to this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to think for a moment about how fortunate um, those of us and you know the listeners today who have found the path, who have found this way um, to consciously know the truth and to be able to live it, and you know we see that there really is a way out of suffering, you know, for ourselves and um, and for others, and of course we we really want to um, be able to share that and um, bring that. Um, to the world, um, this this deeper understanding that allows us then um, really to live in peace, you know, peace with ourselves and uh, peace with with one another. You know, Umaji, when you were mentioning, um, just going back to a few minutes ago when you mentioned how many of us are inspired by the noble uh, emotion and act of compassion, but sometimes we don't find ourselves in complete compassion. Uh-huh. Uh, I have found that the most corrective insights that I've had in my own life as I evolved was when I sat in meditation. Uh-huh. It was really in, in meditation and I would be quiet. And then the very person with whom I was agitated, my heart would just overflow 
with, uh, you know, love for this person. And I, and I, I would just stand apart as a detached witness and look at my choices. And then I would not like beat myself up because I was in a state of meditation. So I was self-protected and I could pick myself up like a little child and say, here is another way. So I think in my meditation practice is where I've really been growing. My um, my primitive wild self has maturing into uh, into a into a peaceful flower that can coexist. Mm, and that is so beautiful and of course so true and so practical <laughs> you know and it, it's so helpful for us to remember you know we're in the midst of some kind of turmoil you know whether it is with someone else or just you know a decision that we need to make and we we want to know you know what is the right thing to do uh, what is the right choice to make and the mind you know goes round and round and round and round and um it's it's so good to know that deep inside of us, um, you know, in the higher self has the solution. <laughs> and if we can just quiet the mind uh, long enough, then that solution reveals itself uh, to us. And so thank you so much for that practical reminder. And, you know, to just know that it doesn't come from outside you know it comes from inside and it's based from our connection um, to the divine self the divine reality the higher true self so when we um, are a skilled meditator um, we don't look you know for answers in meditation but when we meditate the mind gets quiet and then after um, this uh, the insights come thank you for that reminder Shunyuji and and thank you so much for joining me on the Yoga Hour today and for joining me uh, at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment on October 25th for Sit in the Heart of the World, our launch of the Meditation Siddhathon, 21 Days of Cultivating Compassion. Thank you, Maji. And I just want to remind our listeners to visit your website, vedicaglobal.org. And also you'll find an archived program with Acharya Shunyaji, uh, on the Unity Online Radio, um, archive uh, list and we did one together on Rasayana the elixirs of rejuvenation for women's wellness and that aired in June of 2013 so scroll down and you'll find it. Next week uh, we'll be continuing our series on spiritual practice with the program Yoga Sutra Part 1 Gems of Wisdom with guest Nikolai Bachman. For information about CSE Center visit csecenter.org remember to subscribe to Yoga Hour at iTunes and please tell others about it post it on your social media I look forward to being with you next week until then remember to let your inner light shine into the world share your peace your joy and your compassion with all that you meet thank you everyone for joining us today thank you again Shunyaji it's really been an honor to speak with you thank you bye everyone Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 